welcome to Man to the Year Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. And today we're looking at the 1990 Match of the Year for the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Jushin Thunder Liger beating Naoki Sano for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. And this is a hugely interesting match when you sort of look at three different things. One is what junior heavyweight wrestling had meant up until about this time, maybe a little bit earlier actually, but there's a sort of a, a change that happens here. Second is the evolution of what a main event could be. And third is how these guys' careers so totally went in different directions. Now, Liger and Sano had been feuding, and Sano had actually beaten Liger for the IWGP title. So he was a champion going into this. And the junior heavyweight title is an interesting beast. It Originally, junior heavyweight wrestling was mat-based, and it really wasn't until the rise of Tiger Mask that we saw sort of the idea of the flyer. Now, what else we started to see happening was the sending of the junior heavyweights to Mexico. And both these guys, both Sano and Liger, had done a lot of time in Mexico. I believe uh, Yamada had been wrestling as uh, his actual name, Kichi Yamada, in Mexico, and I believe Canada. And then he came to back to Japan as Jushin Thunder Liger. But here's where things get really fascinating, and what really interests me about this match, which I had only seen once or twice before I rewatched it this morning. It's worked like a heavyweight main event, using junior heavyweight moves of the time. And it's an all-out match. These guys just throw everything, particularly Sano, throws just dozens of suplexes, like an entire all-Japan heavyweight championship match worth of moves in like the first 10 minutes. It's insane. It's very obvious that this is why a lot of the juniors of the 90s careers ended up a lot shorter than they should have been, at least performing at the top level. If you shift it sort of back a bit, Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid in particular, their feud, really changed what junior heavyweight wrestling was. And before that, you'd had uh, Tatsumi Fujinami and that, those guys who were mat-based and who made the transition more naturally to heavyweights because sort of there was a change and the heavyweights became far more, I don't want to say power-based, but work rate-based. And it was a lot less spot-based, a lot less of the big, super sort of spotty type stuff that you sort of saw in the 70s and 80s. What you had here was a fantastic example of what today's heavyweight championship matches are like, particularly in the WWE, and actually I'll even say even more so in places like Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, even TNA to a degree, Evolve for sure, where it is a series of moves to test the resolve, typically of the challenger. So the champion is just throwing move after move after move after move at the challenger. And when the challenger gets there, their comeback, it's more as a, not just a way to sort of pop the crowd and get it behind him, but to make the crowd understand their form. This is obvious in a match like, well, John Cena versus AJ Styles had it, even though it wasn't technically a championship match. These days, Cena doesn't need to be a champ, doesn't need to hold the belt to be the champion, if you sort of think about it like that. 
you definitely see it in a lot of the late 99, early 2000 stuff you were seeing from Triple H. Uh, and two matches I'm thinking of are Triple H versus Rikishi and Triple H versus Takamichinoku that were both on, I think it was SmackDown. They both demonstrated that he would just go after him and after him and after him, and every time they would get a comeback, it wouldn't just pop the crowd, but it would make the crowd believe that they could win because they could withstand this assault, and that is what a majority of this match is. Now, as the development of the junior heavyweights happened in New Japan, you had the rise of workers like Owen Hart, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. A little later than this, I think you had uh, Ultimo Dragon. And of course, the mask is a big deal. And the Tiger Mask was not the first masked junior heavyweight wrestler, but he was the first to be marketed as a star to children. And Liger sort of filled that role too. But then he was so good at what he did, he ended up becoming a mass popular. Now, Sano's an interesting case. He was around in New Japan for a little while after this. I think two or three years. But then he moved on to Super World Sports, which failed, of course. Uh, one of the classic failures. Though they did have some great shows with WWF at the time. And I believe he wrestled Owen Hart on one of their shows. Or maybe it was Bret Hart. But it was a very good show from what I understand. I, I've never seen it. Uh, you had... He went on to do a lot of sort of the shoot-style stuff. Uh, the UWFI and that sort of thing. And he was good there. And I think that sort of shows the sort of the growth of the style. In 1990, there weren't a lot of guys working what we would consider today to be strong style. There were a lot of guys who were bringing in lots and lots of suplexes at this point. This is just the start of the rise of Mitsuharu Misawa, Toshiaki Kawada, of course, Kenta Kobashi, and we're really at perhaps the peak drawing power of the legendary Jumbo Tsuruda. But at the same time, he was working a in that style, you know, throwing lots and lots of suplexes, kicks. But he wasn't yet going for the strong style thing. If you look at sort of two guys, three guys, I think, who represent incorporating this sort of strong style idea into the mainstream, you have Kawada with his kicks and his general stiff dickentry. Shinya Hashimoto, who was at this point just rising, he was really coming towards his, his peak at this, not his, his first peak actually. And then Sano was another guy who was definitely of that mold. And a lot of the folks who followed on to Sano, who sort of worked in that thing, Kenta Kobayashi, or not Kenta Kobayashi, that, well, yeah, him too, actually. If you sort of look at how he worked in the early 2000s, he was definitely in very much the same mold as the 1990 Sano maybe with a little more, of course, a more modern move set. But you may forget something here. When we look at wrestling, particularly from 1990, pre-1993, really, all sorts of things may not have been new, but they were first new to being used as transitional pieces instead of finishes. Tiger suplexes, German suplexes for that matter. Power bombs were pretty darn rare. Nuhurn Kinrana was in use, but not widely. And so it's a very, very different time from what we see today. But you could definitely see the New Japan Junior style evolving. And this match is a very, very important point in that. Because if you watch even 
Owen Hart versus Liger, they're a very different match. That is a junior heavyweight match, whereas this is a heavyweight match that happened to be done by junior heavyweights, and it's a phenomenal, phenomenal match. It really is. It holds up, which a lot of the matches from this period, they hold up that they're watchable, but they don't feel like you don't get the same feeling. And I think that's part of it because this was so cutting edge. And it's not quite like watching Tiger Mask versus Dynamite Kid, but it has a very similar idea to it. And this definitely influenced the future of main events all over the world. Liger, of course, would have now 26 great years and is probably the most influential junior heavyweight since Tiger Mask, has worked all around the world, has had phenomenal matches, and his style has changed very significantly. Notably, he I haven't seen him, at least in probably close to 20 years, use a shooting star press, which he used to finish off this match. And at the time, it was kind of the burning hammer. <laughs> it was, if he hit it, it was over. And he didn't use it in every match. One of the best parts of this match, by the way, is that pretty early on, Sano rips Liger's mask. And the, and the crowd and the announcers uh, come, Ki Yamada Kiji! Uh, <laughs> which is great. But there's an intensity here that I guess we didn't associate with junior heavyweight stuff at that point. Liger Blades, for example. But it was so well done. And this really helped to elevate the IWGP junior heavyweight title, no doubt. It's, it's obvious when you watch it that it is a match that is designed to set the table for the future of what this title would be. Now, one of the things that's great about Liger is his his ability to not only master other styles, but to incorporate general ideas into matches with other people. So his big, uh, he's done some sort of, I call it garbage wrestling still, but it's really, uh, I don't know what you, extreme, I guess you could say, but, you know, FMW style matches. And when he's done those, they've been great. His match with uh, the great Muda, uh, absolutely phenomenal because he could take elements of their work and incorporate them into his style and still have a recognizable style. His match with Tyler Breeze uh, on NXT was great. It was a really solid match. And Breeze is good, but he wasn't... He's not Liger good. <laughs> Jushin Thunder Liger versus Sano <laughs> is one of those matches that absolutely should be seen by anyone who likes junior heavyweight wrestling and who wants to understand how we got to the main event style that we know today around the world. Okay, I hope you all stay tuned. We're going to, coming up on the end of the year, we're going to be talking about our match of the year choices. I've got some favorites. AJ versus Cena. Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. The latter match, Elgin versus Omega. And maybe even a guy named Okada taking on Tanahashi. So stay tuned.